Connor, if I have to tell you one more time not to spit at the other player, you're going to get a red card. (laughs) No, (laughs) I refuse. It's the M word. Hello and welcome to The M Word, a millennial podcast by millennials. I'm your West Coast millennial, Connor. And I am your Lone Star millennial, Kyle. We're just two broke millennials trying to solve each other's problems and then hopefully one day maybe a generation's. Kyle, how you doing? I'm great, except I can't feel my feet. And so Ah. that's a problem. Have you been uh, dipping it into lava? I've been going through a lot of lava, just kind of walking through some lava, and I thought, hey, if Jesus could do water, that's no fun, because he's already done that. I need to one-up Jesus, right? which is what we all all say at some point in our lives, right? God, one day we'll one-up Jesus. Well, one of these days, Jesus, one of these days. Yeah, I already tried turning water into blood just so I could kind of like take his process because he was like water into wine, wine into blood. That was his process. It was a two-stage process. I tried to just make the leap. I was just like, no, I think I can go from water to blood. And I haven't accomplished it yet, but if there are any mad scientists listening, then let's please work on that together. I think we could really do something great for the world because who wouldn't want to just take some water and turn it into some blood? Is that what the body does? We drink water and we also have blood. What does the human body do? Uh, that's a good question, uh, and I would answer it if I were doing my anthropology homework like I should be, but I'm not. I am full-heartedly, wholeheartedly ignoring that work. It's an online class because it's a five-week intensive, and the first week is like whatever. It's just like, hey, here's what science is. Anthropology is pretty cool, I think. And then the second week is just like, also, here's how the how cells multiply. And I'm like, I already know this stuff. I don't got to restudy it. Why do I got to learn that stuff? And so I just took the test, Googled the answers. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't test me on this. But yeah, I totally did it. It's online. It's open book. Why not? It's open book. It's open internet. And I think that's what's really important. I'm glad you're paying for that kind of education. The um yeah, I mean it is just it's just it's a required GE deal, dude. And I'm and now I'm just trying to read the good parts. I don't act, I'm actually reading the next chapter because it's an interesting one, and also because I have to write an essay over the next two chapters, so I actually have to understand this stuff. I'm sorry, can we go back just for a second? Did you say it's required for the GED? And does that mean that you didn't graduate from high school? No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. General education, not the general education requirements for college not for not for high school i I have a high school diploma yeah then that's what we'll continue to say just for legal purposes because we all know you have to have a high school diploma to host a podcast that's the rule interestingly enough they do require a high school diploma i don't know i don't know why i turned it in to the to the podcasting bureau yes to get our podcasting license which is really cool they hand you like a microphone and a sock Yep, and that's all you need is a microphone and a sock, and that's all we have, honestly. Yep, a microphone, a sock, and then we plug it into our cell phones, and then we record on the go, just like on Alex Inc., the podcasting show. 
that was that was canceled immediately before they even started showing the the TV series. They were like, you know what? This was a mistake. I think we should just kind of cancel it now before people see it. And they're like, well, we'll cancel it, but let's let's let people see it so they can understand why we had to cancel the good Zach Braff show. And, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. The show was phenomenal. He I still like JD still had his curly hair and old <laughs> Carlo was there and ready to to make babies. I don't they didn't they didn't talk about what happened to Turk, which was really weird. Like they didn't talk about what happened to to like any of JD's family and friends in the hospital and scrubs. They didn't talk about any of that. Instead, they transitioned right into his new podcasting network. What is weird is that the janitor just kept showing up to his home while he was recording and just slapping the shit out of him. And that I part that part I did like. That was really good. That was really good. I, it was real. It was such a bummer that the unions got involved in that. Yeah. What? Gosh, these podcasting TV show unions. We got to break them up. They're destroying the heart of capitalist America. Ugh. There were some really good tips and tricks about podcasting on that show, though. You know, I, the only thing I, I remember from that show, I didn't watch a single episode because I heard it was just right. Terrible. Me either. I did see several pictures, though. And the one picture I remember seeing is him holding the microphone up to his face while pouring a cup of coffee. And the entire time I was thinking, you can't do that. That's you a terrible idea. No, I, I saw a Twitter stream, Kyle, of just all of his different microphone placements. And uh, they I don't. I don't know how he got his podcasting license. Right. No, this was back in the because day. This he was the wild, wild west. He clearly didn't graduate from high school. He, there was no GED requirement. There was no podcasting bureau at the time. If anything, Alex Inc., which is based on you know a completely true story, um, where Zach Braff started a podcast, and so it was before the bureau even existed, and that actually that was the initiation of the podcast bureau because it was like a never. Never again, which is the same thing that I realized. Yeah, March for Our Lives did, but we're not having that happen again. Never again. Podcasting Bureau is formed, and I think you know what else I say never again to Connor. Mm. Never again will I go to a river without any sort of footwear on my feet, mm -hmm. because I don't know if you heard our last show or kind of participated in all, but I may have mentioned eh, once for like a second that I went to a river. Do you remember that at all? Is that kind of hitting your head at all? I'm sorry. I'm enjoying the sweet chamomile tea. I chilled it overnight, and it's just it's just cooling my insides and refreshing my brain holes. Okay. So that just you're just saying that you weren't listening. Yeah, I got you. So I did go to a river. <laughs> Let me tell you that whole story again. No, I went to a river, but I didn't have sandals. So I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be in water. I don't need sandals to be in water. And so I just went in the tube and floated the river and drank that delicious Bud Light Orange like I talked about last week. But the problem was the walk back. Now, we, it was the middle of, you know, a Texan hot summer day. You walked on, like, rocks without any shoes? Yeah. And the worst part was the bridge that we had to cross, which had just imagine. I think the name of the bridge is the Devil's Anus because that's what it felt like I was walking on. Oh, my God. God, but like that the, hot, hot butt. The devil's anus after Taco Bell, I would say, is its full name. And I, just like the devil, after he eats a lot of Taco Bell, I regretted everything about what was happening to my body. 
And so I had the worst blisters on the heels of my feet that I've ever had in my life. And it was so, so bad. And I had why to go to a wedding. Sh- Kyle, what, why didn't you wear your shoes? Because they were in my car and I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm floating a river. Nobody needs shoes in a river. Yeah, but nobody. You, but afterwards, man. Nobody ever thinks about after the river. You just get to the river as fast as you humanly can, and you. Were you wait, wait, wait? Were you drunk at that point? No, oh, I was never you made drunk. The decision. I was never oh. drunk. I just I and I hadn't drank in anything when I That's left my right. shoes Bud, in my car. Bud Light Orange is the non-alcoholic Bud Light. <laughs> it's well, there's so little alcohol in it. It just it was basically an orange drink. Um. So yeah, no, I was not drunk because I had to drive back home like two hours afterwards. And I had the worst blisters on my feet that literally took up half of the heel on my foot, on each foot. And it was so bad and painful. And then I had to go to a wedding this past weekend. So that was just a few days after the river trip. Were you standing in the wedding or were you sitting in the wedding? I I was sitting at the wedding. I I did not have to be in front of anyone. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You didn't even have to stand up. Connor, here's the problem. First of all, you have to walk to those places to get to the sitting. And then second okay, of all, foolish, foolish, th- foolish excuse. You can just call somebody to drive you. Say, please drive me. Uber, you can have- you drive me directly into the Uber, church, please? Uber, I have these big old blisters on my feetsies. Can you please take me to this wedding in Canada? Hey, Lyft, can you give me an airlift in- directly into the seat? I don't want to sit by them. Just go behind. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lyft. Lyft. Listen, I... I not only need you to take me to where I need to go, I need you to take me entirely from point A to point B, which is from my couch to this seat in this church. Yes. Can you please do so? Can you please make this happen? Can I tell you the part that made me the most sad? And And it wasn't all my friends... And and coworkers who were at this wedding making fun of me because I was walking like a ginger cat. But it was the fact that I had to sit the entire reception while everybody else was dancing. And I just sat there looking at them like I was just Ooh. like some very sad child who was not invited to the middle school dance and had to sit in a corner were, drinking were you like, his water. Were you like smiling from a corner, just kind of like trying to make it feel like you were involved, but you're not? Like you're like nodding along to the beat? I just um, sat there. I sat there like an old grandpa, and I was like, "Look at all my children. They're enjoying their life, just dancing the night away to Backstreet Boys and you know Rihanna and I think some Blink One Eighty Two at some point." So basically, what I'm saying is there were a lot of club bangers that I had to just sit and and watch other people have fun, and so that part kind of sucked. You know, that was the trouble. That's so sad, but it's very funny to to imagine you just in your in your little chair. I'd also like to bring up that if anybody didn't know, Kyle used to be like uber Catholic, which is why every single week he's at a different wedding. <laughs> that is true. Every one of my friends is determined to get married, I think, before the age of 19. Aww. And so, no, I'm kidding. They're all like in their 20s. But I have gone to an absurd <laughs> amount of weddings. I'm just kidding. Weddings. They're all 22. Yeah. <laughs> crazy no so i've gone to a ridiculous amount of weddings in the past year and guess what connor i have another one next month so oh my god tis well the time. keep those keep those feetsies strong and i can give you i'll send you some of my vicodin in the mail which i have because Ooh. i got my uh my four of my teefers they yanked out and they and they said you don't need those anymore time to get dumb and they and, pulled and them out of me it's not just any teeth it's your wisdom teeth, which explains why you are dumb as shit today. 
Yeah, I re- I'm really sorry for the dumb things that are coming out of my mouth. Not is that, only is, is that where they kept the, your high school diploma? Is that why you got kind of mixed up there for a bit? Is inside think, the wait, te- wait. the teeth? You're saying they kept my high school diploma and my wisdom teeth? Why Why would they be called your wisdom teeth? Because I obviously received wisdom from my high school diploma. That's a lie. I couldn't even finish that sentence. That was so, that's so We ridiculous. really should have done more research on like what the wisdom teeth, like, like why they're called that. Because they're not, they're not, I mean, they're clearly not for the why. Like they, oh, well, they normally take them out when you're babies, I guess. Nope, that's not it. Or not babies, but like whenever you're younger. Nope, that's not it either. So do you want to explain it or you just want to like... You know, I think we should just kind of leave it. No, (laughs) here we go. Because by the time you get them, you are old enough and smart enough to grab pliers and rip them out yourself instead of going to the dentist and giving them a ridiculous amount to do it when you have all the tools to do so in your shed. I just Googled it and I think I found Ron Swanson. Oh my gosh. You know what I think it is? I think it's because in order to get them removed, you have to get just high as hell. And from that you know, great mind space. You get so much wisdom. And I think that's really where it comes from. Yeah, I, uh, I, they put me out. They sprayed on local anesthetic on my arm just to give me the anesthesia. Yeah. And so they sprayed it. They pricked me. They were like, what's your name? And I said, my name is, and then I passed out. My name is what? My, you would have started singing that, right? Yeah. I got so nervous. And what was crazier was that I could see, like I could hear my heart rate because they had the beep beep thing going on. Yeah. And so you know how you know how they're called. And they were the like beep beep, beep, thing. beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. And I was like <laughs> I was getting so nervous. And then they were like, Okay, good night. And I was like, Love you. Yeah. I when I got my wisdom teeth out, my mom was driving me home and I was still, you know, kind of goofy from the anesthesia. And I distinctly remember trying to sing to every single song on the radio, but Ooh. I don't actually think I knew what song it was. See, I I I wasn't that fucked up. I didn't Really? No. Like I mean I, I do I have a video of me talking and I wasn't like super sound, but it was basically I was just drunk. I wasn't I was just a very calm and pain and very tired drunk. I was super hungry. I was ready to get my pain pills and I went home and I just passed out watching Oh Hello on Broadway. Oh hello. Oh hello. Connor, I do think that's a big difference between you and I is that whenever I get drunk, I just am a ton of fun and just want to do just whatever the hell strikes me as being entertaining in the slightest. Whereas you tend to just kind of be very introspective whenever you're drunk and you start, you know, really thinking your brain's wheels really start getting greased by the alcohol. So maybe that is that's the difference because it is it's a drunk (sighs) feeling, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I do get I get bored way easier when I'm drunk. Like if I if I'm drunk and I'm bored, I immediately know, and I gotta I I'm like I gotta go. You immediately is, know, and you immediately tell everybody that you're around. Like I'm bored, uh, which is the most obnoxious thing that is about you. That's is whenever not true. you're drunk. You haven't hung out with me since I'm an older and wiser drunk now. Not only because the wisdom teeth are gone, but also because I am older and wiser. Oh, how that year of age and wisdom has changed you. Hey. I don't even hey, know you anymore. Hey. A lot of business has happened. I started a podcast with an idiot. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was that You was hurt my feelings. You hurt my feelings. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. You want a wisdom teeth? You want a wisdom tooth? I'll give you one of my Wait, wisdom Wait, did you teeth. get to keep yours? No. Oh, I was about I to say. To. I, I was mine. so pissed. 
I didn't get to see my wisdom teeth. I was like, what? I want to see them. That's really annoying. Can I tell you the advice that I already told you, but it wasn't recorded, and so it doesn't count? Right. What's, what is it? Is that when I got my wisdom teeth out, I it was in October of 2014, I think. That sounds right. 2013. And I got them out, and then two weeks later, I had appendicitis. And they don't tell you that when you get your teeth taken out. But you really have to watch out because it could give you appendicitis. And I can only say that just from like evidential, you know, evidence, which is a term that lawyers use sometimes that you can go directly from having your wisdom teeth, you know, pulled out of your skull to having appendicitis. And they don't ever cover that in, you know, the booklet. I have a very good feeling the reason that you got appendicitis is because you didn't take all your antibiotics. You didn't finish them up, so then you got all these other things going on. Is that does that affect the uh, appendix? What do we know about the appendix? What the Your hell appendix is it doing got there? Really upset because you only have one kidney. The appendix is such an emotional organ. Can we discuss that? <laughs> so that okay, so that's a no. No, we're not going to discuss that. Yeah, still not going to discuss it. Fun. I'm going to start telling people, it's just like, man, I feel you right here in the appendix. Oh, wait, I can't say that because it's gone now. Maybe oh, that's wait, why we don't gone. say it. That's how much I feel. I don't feel anything for you. <laughs> I feel You're nothing. trash. I feel nothing, which is a perfect segue into our next segment. Connor, what's going on? We got a really good comment by, uh, by one of our listeners. Eve asks... First, they say, I love the M word. It makes me laugh, and it's how I've been starting my days lately, which is very nice. Well, thank you, Eve. Thank you so much. I have a question. How do we cope with existential dread? Isn't everything just a distraction? Well, let me just jump in right here. Yes, everything is a distraction. We will all die, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. In my new founded philosophy major that I haven't actually taken any real classes for. I have some really good comments about this. So first, how do we cope with existential dread? Um, so I deal with existential dread every day. Every like you can ask day. Alexandra and Kyle what my problems are. And it's basically as soon as I get drunk or, or basically if I get tired and I'm just laying down, you see me staring at the ceiling. What is he thinking about? Definitely existential dread. Okay, what does this life mean? Like, what is the purpose of it? And I and I'm constantly trying to work my way through those problems. Like, I'm asking myself, why am I doing what I'm doing today? Uh, why am I deciding to to go about this? And a lot of times, I don't really have a a super stellar answer. And in fact, the more that I'm working toward this existential crises that I'm always in, the more I'm just trying to like settle with the fact that I can't. I can't figure it out, and that's okay. Which is actually, Kyle, I'm very proud because I that's that's some growth there. Yeah, that's some pretty good growth there. I still am am craving it. I still want to. I'm still the only reason that I feel better about it is because I've kind of figured certain things out, like what what drives me, what do I care about, what do I value, why values are important to recognize, and also most importantly that we create our own existence in a way like existence is yeah there is a definition of existence but everybody has their own like mental understanding of this idea 
And so See, either I, they've heard on. it or... I'm, yeah, I'm going to challenge you on that because okay. I've done a little bit of research into this, this ex- existential dread, because it's like, what is that? And really what it means is like nihilism, right? It's existential nihilism, which is me- means to say that it's a philosophy of life where you are not significant because you have an identity. And Jean-Paul Sartre, who is a, I assume a French philosophizer, wrote in an essay, what do we mean by saying that existence precedes essence? We mean that man, first of all, exists, encounters himself, surges up in the world, and defines himself afterwards. So existence is natural. We all are born. You can't change that. But that just because we're born doesn't mean that we're significant. And so what we later do is we define ourselves. We give ourselves essence later. So what you were saying was that we give ourselves essence, not existence. We all exist. We can't challenge that. You know, everybody exists, even the sucky ones. Right. Yeah. No. So like the, the, the understand. Yeah. I was thinking more of like a, uh, of like a purpose. So like everybody, yeah, we all, we all, or at least theoretically we all exist. No, we definitely Uh, do. There's a philosophy behind that. Huh? We definitely all exist. That doesn't change anything. There's an, there's an understanding of existence for ourselves, but that's as far as we can really go. Right, but that's what's important. Who cares about no, anything else is real? But that's what I mean, is like there's not like or at least I haven't read too far into like Descartes shit. Yeah. But like the main premise of the beginning is the I think I therefore I am. So it's like I know that I exist, but there's not really too far else you can really go with with verifying the others. And so right. it's just kind yeah. of an a being okay with the fact that the others might not. Yes. The other beings might not. Yes, you can you can go off and 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 study and, and, and research and to find out definitions to create other things, but the existence of those other things alone is not inherent. Like it's right. just because like I I can say I, I think that this door exists. Because it, I can see it and I can feel it. Everybody in my entire life has <clears throat> has told me about these doors existing and and yada yada yada. But that that doesn't necess- in my definition of existence. I can interact like what is my definition of what what is existing and what isn't. You know, well, yeah. Is and it, so if it, that- because if my definition of it existing is just because I can manipulate it with my body and I can I have an idea of what it is and. It's it has a physical thing that I can recognize. Then then that's a version of existence. But what else is I guess what other aspects of existence is there that I can I can also check to see whether or not that that it matches that definition too. Yes. So that's that is in a nutshell what nihilism is. That's we've got the existential dread part down. We all we all get that. We all understand. And we cannot. Connor, I repeat, we cannot debate whether or not life has meaning on this podcast because one, I'm just not ready for that. And two, you and I are not qualified in any sort of way to try and figure that out. And I say that only to protect myself because I don't know if you're real. And so I have to protect myself. And I know that if I start trying to think about whether or not anything has meaning at all, I'm just going to be lost. And I, what? you know, maybe I've already started. Maybe I'm, am I already lost? What do you, Where I thought that's, you like talking about that Where stuff. I? If I can't talk about this kind of stuff oh, with you, I don't know who I can talk about this Connor, with. Connor, I think I'm floating away. Stop it. Connor, am Come I floating back. away? Come Connor, back. No. Connor, remember me. Take care of my dog. 
All right. Is my dog real? Now that it's just shh. Now that it's just me and me and the podcast. Now, Eve, I can answer your question. So basically, you're having issues with existential, or I don't know if you are dealing with existential dread, but it's just saying how we in general deal with existential dread. So essentially, you can you can try to work your way through it mentally. You can read philosophy. You can try to figure how how thinkers have have tried to deal with existential dread, which is basically all of them, and try to understand something. And then you also say, isn't everything just a distraction? That one's tough too, because then you also, Kyle, are you are you going to come back in? Are you still here? I don't know. I got distracted because nice. everything is a distraction. Nice, nice, nice. No, nice, that nice. I do. I agree with Eve. I think everything is a distraction, but I also don't think that's a bad thing. I think the distraction is good because that's like what we have survival instincts for is to try and reproduce and to continue life on this planet, and those distractions are good. Now for some people they are like incredibly altruistic distractions. Like so I recently my mom works for NASA and recently I and some friends we went and visited Johnson Space Center and there we got to hear about how some of the astronauts on station have been doing testing on muscular dystrophy and stuff like that as far as how those diseases affect people's pain and dealing with that disease on earth. And so they were testing stuff in space that could ultimately improve people's lives living with that disease on earth. That is a distraction from the existential dread that exists around all of us that at some point we're all going to die. But what they're doing is trying to make that pain that people have to go through even easier. And I think that's a good distraction. And I still think distraction is a word to describe it because that's ultimately what it is. We're trying to prolong life and we're just trying to help others and so that's good but also yeah. video games you know video games are a distraction that's also <laughs> something it's in the same yeah, boat you I know mean, science in space and video games they're like the same thing so i mean if we're seeing as existential dread is like the understanding that we're all going to going to die and just being like okay well i, I have to deal with this i've seen and read many an article and a video about why that allows us to do the things that we do like that short time span basically in entices us and it, it makes us want to do more things because we we're desperate to creating a legacy to to out living this thing that we're going through and saying okay even after i die i still want to i want to have children i want to leave behind a company i want to leave behind an impact they're constantly trying to create stuff that will prolong their death and and that can be fine for some people they're like all i want to do for the rest of my life is to to try to make my death more meaningful which is interesting um, or you can say, I just want to enjoy this life. And if what makes you in, and you just got to figure out what makes you enjoy life the most, a lot of like, I'm realizing more that it means that I need to be healthier. I'm realizing that it means that I need to study the things that I'm passionate about and not, and not constantly worry about, um, like finances and, and stuff. I, I have to find other ways of, of handling the practicality and balancing that with, with the things that that I desperately enjoy and finding out what has meaning for me, you know? Yeah, I think you and I both are, are pretty utilitarian in that aspect. So this is what I would say to answer your question. How do we cope with existential dread? You can't get rid of that because it's it, if you dive too deeply into that hole, into like that kind of philosophizing cycle, you're going to get stuck in this loop 
which a lot of philosophers get stuck in, and they can make very good observations about existence and life, but ultimately you do kind of just get sucked down it. And to say that's not like good, you know, that it is, it's good to continue to expand our thinking and things like that. However, if you are like looking for distractions, kind of like what you just said, Connor, I would just say, make sure they're useful, like for your body or for humanity. If it exists, we have to pretend that it does because otherwise that would suck. And if, you know, for humanity, for yourself, for people you love, you just gotta, you gotta do it and just make sure that you're living a life that you would be generally happy with accepting the things that you believe to be true, that it's okay. And you're, you're good with it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify my point earlier, I mean, I think it's super likely that a door is in front of me. I'm not trying to say that it's, it's not, but my point was that like, it's not inherent, but what is most important is for me to go like, it's more beneficial for me to believe a door is here so I can get out of this room than for me to believe that there isn't one. So I might as well go along with what is not only likely, but what is also beneficial for me to live my life. Which I think is really interesting whenever you observe like the natural world as we accept it. And what makes humanity so different is that we have such creative power over that, that we can assign meaning, meaning to things that don't exist and that that is in and of itself useful to us. We can, there was a, actually an opinion article in the New York Times about religion. It was written by an atheist who talked about how he accepted, not like he still believed that, you know, that there was no God. He didn't change his religious beliefs. He was still an atheist. But after talking with many people, he recognized the utility in religion, mostly in grief. And in that moment of, in times of tragedy and crisis, how well religion, good religion, I guess, helps people grieve and move forward rather than sucking deeper into a hole of grief and things like that. And so there is this utility of things that if, you know, whether or not there is proof for different religions and things like that, the fact that people can assign meaning to that, to something that is, has no physical presence is useful to society, to, you know, humanity and civilization, which is insane. Mm. It's crazy. Humanity is so weird. But Connor, do you know what we can accept is true? What? Millennials apparently suck at tipping in addition to everything else. Hmm. That's an article from Thrillist.com. Now, we haven't talked in a while about these uh, these casting the, the M-blame game of how we, we are constantly being blamed for, for things. But I came across this article that was published uh, this week by Sam Bloom. And I don't know who he is, but I have to assume he is just a rat bastard. I'm kidding. I don't know them. Um, but he says, millennials apparently suck at tipping in addition to everything else. The addition to everything else is really what, what hurts me. It hurts my heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's classic clickbait. Like I'm, cl- I clicked so hard on the link that you sent me. I was like, I was so enraged. Connor, I you was can't. So triggered. You can't. We can't masturbate anymore. We can only clickbait, and that's the world we live in. Oh, fun you know, word. Yeah, that was a little wordplay. Sometimes we do. We do things like that. Sometimes on, we on do some show. fun things on this podcast. Because when I just based on the article, based on the headline, and of course I'm not going to read the article. You know, that's ridiculous. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm just gonna read the headline and assume what I think it's about. If it was just, if it just said millennials apparently suck at tipping, I could accept that. Do you know why? Why? It's because we have no money. We just got no money. We have the least amount of money or we have less money in our generation than our parents did at our age. 
There's less so money wait, wait, in the wait, economy. Wait. Give me, give me some, give me some specifics on this, on this tipping issue here. Oh my gosh, you're gonna make me read this. Um, CreditCards.com did a study, gathered data last month from a thousand Americans aged 18 and older, that says 10 percent of millennials don't tip after eating a meal out, and they that, just don't tip at all. 10 percent, which honestly, I I could see that. Because that's still 90% of people that tip. And I've waited tables. And yeah, I can totally get that. Especially in bigger cities. They also said that the median millennial tip is 15%. Compared to Generation X's, which are our parents. And then Baby Boomers, which is our grandparents. Who their average median tip was 18%. And so you kind of, yeah, do that on, on top of that. Now, oh gosh. See, now you're making me read the article. And I'm having to read this bullshit line that says, presumably... The 10% of millennials who don't tip at all are likely squandering their leftover funds on outlandish avocado lattes. Ooh, <sighs> Come boy. on, guys. Can't we just get over this? Can't we just quit blaming the beautiful avocado for everything? The beautiful cado. Please leave the blavocado. Blah, blah get off its ass. Yeah. Get off that nut, which ironically it has a nut in it. No, that's a seed. Damn it. Damn oh, it. well. Anyway, I can see this. The irony here that here he's putting in here is that most uh, waiters and waitstaff are millennials. And so that's it's a selfish cycle where we're not supporting each other. But ultimately, the fact is that there's overwhelming student debt. There's economic problems. And there's things where we simply don't have the funds to be tipping 20, 25% every time. And also, we're just all so poor. See... I think there's there's a little bit more to this than just millennials aren't tipping as much. Is it the fact like that tipping to, is outdated and we should ban it? I mean, no. I don't think it I think it's less likely for for millennials to be going out and eating. I don't know. I need to I need to see how they ended up studying this because I I don't I mean it may be true. I mean maybe just millennials aren't aren't tipping as much, but I just I just don't know if that's I just don't know. I I'm I'm finding it difficult to believe just period that like that they're not tipping, which I mean honestly 15% compared to 18% for the median tip, that is that's not at least in my view hugely significant the only Um, the only thing i would tie to that is having weighted tables that to to have a living wage based on you know the way that our economy or not our economy but like wage uh limits not limits what's that word way minimum wage is set up for for waiters and things like that you really like kind of need 20 percent tip on your stuff right yeah so but i mean so like what if have have they done that type of analysis over like another generation to see if it's just that younger people don't tip as much as older people yes because like if because if that's the case that that makes sense because the older you get i think you're lower you're more likely to make more money and you're more likely to be able to tip more oh i see what you're saying yeah i don't know according to this article it doesn't say if this is you know our other generation's before like at our same age but i mean regardless we there have been studies saying that we have less money than our parents did at our age that's just like a fact we are in more debt and have less money basically you know what i'm saying let's just get rid of tipping why can't we just pay people 
the cost that it, it takes to to you know keep them and to do their job. Europe, they don't tip. It's ridiculous. They just have you know the prices. They have they just like a retail store. You can't just start tipping everybody because businesses don't want to handle it. Businesses don't want to deal with having to pay their employees. So they'd rather have their customers pay for the food that they get and also pay for their employees. It doesn't make any sense. It's silly. Silly, I can understand, silly I can understand like, you know, wanting good service and trying to incentivize that. But also these people are going to get very sick and tired of not getting any money at all. And then it doesn't matter what kind of service you get. They're just going to take a shit on your food. And that's a fact. That is a fact. So, Kyle, you've been in front of the old horn a lot lately. I just, I love getting in front of that horn. Yeah, I I have been, I've been, Connor, I've, I've been podcasting too much, which is to say I've, I've been guesting on other shows. I've been seeing other people behind your back. Oh, no. But, Connor, don't worry. It's okay, because one of them, you know, and that's Janine and Kate from the Guess What You're Gonna Hate podcast, which is out already. It's out now. And I uh, guested on their show with Kate. Nope, sorry, Janine. Um, because Kate was gone, which is very sad. And also, she didn't, for some reason, want to rewatch High School Musical, which is what we watched and what we discussed as far as why it is the best Disney original channel movie. Nope, that's not how it goes. Disney Channel original movie. That's better. And we talk about... Basically, Zac Efron singing, but not singing. We talk about Vanessa Hutchins being very dramatic with a large uh, poster of, of Zac Efron. And it's just, it's a good time. We had a blast talking about it. And so you can find that. You can search podcasts for Guess What You're Going to Hate. You should already know them because they've been on the show. And they have a great show. They also have a new album artwork, which is a stack of VHS tapes, which is very good. I have also... Coming out on Sunday is an episode of a new podcast called One Letter Better, which I had the pleasure of guesting on with Eamon. And uh, and we hit the, the gist of the show is that we talk about TV shows and characters and movies that are coming out, and we change one letter in them to make it an even better thing if it's a movie or a TV show or a character. And we had an absolute blast. I definitely think I dis- we talked about Jurassic World, and I think... We definitely were just only slightly offensive. And I think that's okay. If it's only slightly offensive, it's okay. But it's only offensive to Russians. So that's yeah. definitely okay. And we don't have any listener in, listeners in Russia. So like we're totally good. We're totally good. They don't let us talk about millennials in Russia. That's one of his rules. He's like, you, you can't talk about gays. No, no millennials. That's my Russian accent, which is very good. So yeah, no, you can check that out. One letter better. And guess what you're going to hate? are two podcasts that I invaded, like Russia. It all comes together. Thank you all so much for listening to The M Word this week. Uh, please, if you like this show, you're already subscribed. If you're not already subscribed, get all your butt on subscribing. Also, leave a rating, because that stuff looks good. Looks so good. You should also follow us on Twitter, at MWordPod, and on Instagram, I uh, I am Kyle at Kyle the Turner and Connor is at that boy Connor on Instagram on Twitter. Just tweet at us. Tell us tell us what you think. What do you tip? Do you just double the tax? That's like sixteen percent, maybe seventeen percent. What? How do you tip? How do you math? Also send us an email about how you math with any problems that you need solving. Ck at mwordpod.com. That again. That's ck at mwordpod.com. You can get on just like uh, just like Eve did today. Send us your problems. I also want to thank Cindia Martinez. She did our cover art, 
and drew cartoon versions of our faces and it is amazing and i love it so much so you can also see more of her stuff at instagram at with love cindy cindy is spelled s-i-n-d-i we also want to thank grant o'brien for the intro and outro music millennial juice fluid and ballad of a dusty boy and also give to our patreon we have a patreon we need to start posting stuff on there and we will and we will but if you can leave us basically a tip, because we do this for free. Unlike those waiters, they're making like a dollar and a half an hour. We're doing this shit for free. Nobody's paying us right now. And you just, you can give us a tip. And you know what? We'll take your 15%. Or we'll just take a dollar. That's also good. If you can leave us a dollar on Patreon at patreon.com slash mwordpod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash mwordpod. And we're going to post funny stuff there from now on. Right, Connor? Right. Thank you so much for listening to The M Word. Shave your chins, your knees, and everywhere else. (laughs) Do you need to specify the knees? (laughs) I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.